Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, it all comes down to this, the final day of the regular season, week 18 of the NFL season. The NFC South title is on the line, and the Falcons, through all this, the ups and downs and everything else, are still alive as they play this afternoon down in the swamp. And welcome to the Wade Ford Tailgate Show, brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer, John Fricke, alongside former Falcon Harper LaBelle, and our Falcons insider and reporter Joe Patrick. And gentlemen, final day of the season, at least the regular season, and in a minute here, I'm going to walk you through something that's going to make your it makes my skin curl a little bit. But but, but we'll get to that. How are you guys doing? doing? Doing good, John. I mean, it's it's kind of it's like it's a weird feeling going into the last week of the season. You know, especially I think when the with this Falcons context with so much kind of on the line, not just a playoff potential a potential playoff game, but you know the future of the head coach Arthur Smith with rumors swirling about him who knows maybe even the general manager just it just is kind of seems like one of those frenetic days and we don't know what's going to happen over the next 48 hours all right so let's start right there Harper um here's where we stand the Bucks kick off in Carolina at one if Tampa wins they are the NFC South champions and it doesn't matter what happens between the Falcons and the Saints there's a slight chance the Saints could be a wild card team but like 19 things have to happen here now, the Falcons and the Swampers kick off same time, 1 o'clock, down in Stinky Town. If Tampa loses to Carolina, that's not going to happen. I got thick tongues on all that. All that's not going to happen, as if the NFL doesn't happen, uh, or whatever. Uh, if Tampa <laughs> does lose, the winner of the Falcons and Swampers game will be the NFC South champion. So, Harper, we're going to be scoreboard watching at the same time that we're focusing on, on the game down in, in New Orleans. I mean, it's, it's still there for the taking. You know what, John? It, it's okay to take your eyes off of the smelly, stinky, bead-throwing, fashion-arrest, bead-wearing fans in between plays and check out the score. Somewhere. You have our permission to do that. It's okay if we check the score of what's going on between Tampa and Carolina. Uh, Joe, as you mentioned and alluded to here, it's not just the South title and a home playoff game that's on the line, but there are a lot of rumors swirling about the future of head coach Arthur Smith. And tomorrow's Black Monday in the NFL. There are reports by some that Arthur Blank has already made up his mind about whether Arthur Smith is going to be back next year. Like I said, I'm going to tell you guys something that may make your skin curl here in just a second. Uh, but, so are you buying into the reports that he's already made up his mind? 
I am. I'm not. I, in fact, there was actually a new report out this morning. I, it's funny. There's like reports breaking on the Falcons. I feel like every couple of days and overnight, uh, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissaro uh, reported that you know their Falcons are going to evaluate this thing after the season. Um, that a that a win today would really make a difference in that respect in that evaluation, which I know a lot of fans would have feelings about because why would you just take you know why would you let it rest on on one game? But I'm sure that that's something we can kind of talk, throw around and debate this morning. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think honestly, John and Harper, more than anything, it's not the result; it's the way that this team plays and the heart that they show. Like, are, do they kind of? put it in the tank and and go out meekly or do they really fight to the end do they put it together offensively like they were able to do against the Colts and spread it around all these playmakers and kind of show Arthur Smith and kind of show what he envisions this offense to be I think that's going to be as important as anything today well Harper you know I mean nearly 50 years as a Falcon actually this is my 50th season as a Falcons fan I you know I understand the frustration of the fans I I, mean, I talk to them all the time um, I put up a big post that got I don't know, a hundred and some odd thousand views and, um, you know, basically calling kind of the fans out. You calling my fandom out? My answer was, yeah, I am. If you're rooting for the, if you're a Falcons fan, and it happened again this morning, I said, hey, listen, I know some of you are rooting for the Falcons, but let's go. E- Eddie Mattingly from Ackworth uh, says, uh, who dat? Today only, though. And I'm like, no, Harper. That's crazy. There, never. There's, yeah. You, you never. Never. I, never. I mean, you want to say, okay, uh, I want the Bucks to win. That's fine, but you don't root for. How do you root for your? You hate Arthur Smith so much, yeah. <laughs> that, that you're gonna you're gonna wear. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna take a shower for all week, and you're gonna wear a flower on your head, and and, and walk around with beads screaming, "Who that? Are you kidding me? No, you can't do that. Not them. Not them. Anyone else? Not them. There's 30 other teams besides mine and them. <laughs> you just never root for them. I. I I get it, but I don't agree. I, no, you cannot root for the Hoodats ever. And, and Eddie fires back at me, Joe, and says, I want them all fired, and this is going to get them all fired. Well, hang on, Eddie. That's not necessarily true. I mean, they could lose today, and Arthur Smith could still be back. Now, yeah, that possible. may not make you happy, but Terry Fontenot's not getting fired win or lose. Greg Beatles, who's the team president, that's the other thing that's driving me crazy. Rich McKay's got to go. Rich McKay is not the team president anymore. <laughs> Guys, yeah. Rich McKay is not the team president anymore, okay? <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> Greg Beatles is the team president. Rich McKay has nothing to do with this. He is over in another division running. He's a CEO of A&B, okay? He's over here. He's, like, running the stadium and getting ready for the World Cup. He's not running the Falcons. He has no more control over that than he does Atlanta United or this new PGA team. So stop with the Rich McKay. Yike. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm really th- this close to furious with some of my own fans. Yeah. I, 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 Joe, I'm almost going to fight with them. Like, well, are you kidding me? It's, it's amazing how visceral it's gotten. Um, and obviously there were high expectations this year. Maybe, yeah, I, it, the expectations maybe weren't necessarily high in terms of what this team was ultimately going to achieve. But I, there seemed to be an extremely high level of confidence that the Falcons were going to be able to clear a certain bar, and that was to get to the playoffs. Because I think this Falcons fan base is rightfully kind of dying to see their team you know, in, involved in these big matchups against these other premium NFL teams on these, you know, the 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 primetime, you know, Sunday night games. Like, we all want to see the Falcons involved in the mix with those teams. Uh, and there's no doubt that this season was a disappointment in that respect in the team not kind of reaching that bar, clearing that hurdle. But I think when you, like, it, it's just amazing to me to see 
the the backlash for for the failure that was this year, or the failure that could potentially be this year, assuming they don't make it, um, because you know Arthur Smith overachieved in his first two years, especially last year. If you look at last year, a lot of you know pundits had the Falcons as the worst roster in the NFL. I think the Vegas projection was for like three wins or something like that. The team wins seven games. Um, they dealt with a lot in that first year, including the Calvin Ridley suspension. Still won seven games that year. So yeah, while I think I think that that's when we talk about. The the bigger picture for Arthur Smith or Arthur Blank to take in about Arthur Smith in terms of the body of work. It's not just this season. I think that you got to take all of it into account, including not just the on-field results, but the staff that he's built, the way he's, he was able to kind of revamp the staff after Dean Pease left to bring in Ryan Nielsen that's really elevated this defense. That's all the stuff that's being taken into account by the ownership and the, and the leadership. Um, so that's what should be playing into this. And again, considering all the good that's happened over the last three years, despite it being painful because the team was always in a cap situation that was never going to lead to success, you know, it, it, it's it's I don't know. It is disheartening for me to just see the the level of vitriol that that people have for for Arthur Smith in particular at this time. He seems to be the one that's that's singled out the most and within the organization. Well, yeah, but isn't that the way it goes, Harper? I mean, you're the head coach, and this team has look. There's no doubt this team is underachieved. It just has, and they have failed on multiple levels. And and there are a lot of people who make a really good point here. Look, we all get that there's going to be a new starting quarterback in Atlanta next year. If it's Arthur Smith making the call as to who the new starting quarterback is, his his vision of that is going to be, okay, I need a starting quarterback for a year that can uh, get me to the playoffs and save my job. It's not going to be, I need a starting quarterback for the long term. He doesn't care about the long term. He cares about the immediate, which I understand, I but a lot of fans are saying, you know, you're going to sell out the long term for just, you know, trying to save your job and that that's going to create another problem. Yeah, think of the dilemma that has to go on there. Do you ask fans like yourself, John, who've been there for 50 years or for 50 minutes, it doesn't matter. You know, if you make a selection in the draft, how long is it going to take for that quarterback to mature? Mm -hmm. And where do you go from there? Because uh, that's where I pin most of the blame on the sluggishness of this year's team is the most important position in pretty much all of sports. I think a lot of people can debate that, but if there's any sport that demands one player be more important than the NFL and their quarterback position, please show me who that is. And we, we've, we've shown that we, we don't have – we're still not there. We can't figure out who our starting quarterback is going to be today in the last game. I know there's right. some play in that. I obviously get the – well, his ankle's injured, so we're going to delay – stop it. You, you could name your quarterback whenever you want to. You're, you're playing the press game there with that, but – you know, we don't have one. And if you go with a Kirk Cousins, let's say, and I'm just throwing that name out there as a seasoned vet from another team, or if you make a trade like last week we discussed Justin Fields, or if you go with a rookie, how much patience is the coaching staff and the owner going to have just amongst themselves? Forget right. the fans. Right. In other words, how long is it going to take to develop this guy to where we look as good as we did two weeks ago against Indianapolis? Or earlier in the season in some of the games against the Saints just a few weeks ago. We looked fantastic. We ran the ball well. We threw the ball efficiently. And we looked like we were a well-oiled machine for a week. And then we looked dismal. And we're minus nine in the turnover. And that's a huge portion of it. And some of that can be put on the blame of who's playing quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons. And and listen, as someone in myself who tends to think that the 
I, I tend to be in the camp that the Falcons should bring Arthur Smith back. Uh, I will say that I think that Arthur Smith has a role to play in the quarterback situation that they've Falcons have found themselves in this year. Like, I've been calling it the Ritter gambit. Like, that was kind of the move that this team was making to that they thought would put them in an optimal situation. Now, he may not have been, you know, the perfect quarterback that they wanted to draft. He was the second one off the board and drafted in the third round. So, really bad timing for the regime that this just like uh, this bad quarterback class came in the in the t- at the time that it did. But listen, they're all all hands are involved, and it's not just Arthur Smith who's drafting Desmond Ritter. It's Terry Fontenot. It's an organizational decision, um, and clearly it failed. But are you going to course correct? How are you going to do that? What coach are you going to do that under? Uh, there's just a lot of decisions that have to be made this offseason. It is the Falcons and the Swampers today. It's okay to root for the Bucks to win and for the Falcons to, you know, go into the offseason and maybe you get what you want, the head coach fired or a better draft pick. That you know, I I understand that. I'm frustrated like you are. There's no point in winning you. I mean, what's the heck? You know, you're gonna get a playoff game and get blown out. Whatever you whatever you say. It is not ever, ever under any circumstance okay for you to root for the Saints. Just not. I did I don't know what to tell you. It's just not. So there you go. Uh, so if you, especially if, you, if John's if you in the room, never let John in, in oh, particular hear it. Man, <laughs> if you're a Falcons <laughs> fan who's rooting for Saints, you're a traitor, flat out. Uh, I don't know what else to call you. Uh, quick break as we continue on the Way Forward Tailgate Show on Sports Radio ninety two. Shut my pie hole, and uh, don't tell them how to fandom. Again, guys, this is probably as disappointed and angry as I've been at some of my fellow Falcons fans I've ever been. If you are sitting around today, and you are watching the game on TV, and and David Carr throws a touchdown pass, and you are standing up running around the room going, ooh, 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 who dat, who dat, I got a problem with that. You can root for the Bucks to win. You could say, you know, maybe it's really good that we don't kind of win the game, but you can't actively root for the Saints. Yikes. <laughs> I don't know how it's possible. Honestly, I don't know how it's possible because I, I was telling this to Sam and Greg uh, in the lead-in. Like, I understand thinking, like, you know, kind of game using game theory to say, like, listen, it would be better if our team lost this game. And honestly, the thing about this one today is – Losing does not really matter at all, or losing or winning does not matter in terms of the draft pick. You might move one or two slots if you actually win and if then the go Bucks on to make win. the playoffs. Then if you the jump to twentieth. Yeah, yeah, that, that right. That's that's right. If you make the playoffs, but right, but the but just winning or losing the game isn't going to change that much in the results. It's, it's 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 ultimately connected to Arthur Smith. But I can never find myself able to sit down, even I think if I think it is an ultimate benefit for my team to lose a particular game, to actually sit there and and watch it happen and be actively rooting against them. Like I don't know. Oh, maybe it's too ingrained in my brain to root for certain laundry, but that's just how it is. I think you know, today's I, stand- I, I, Go ahead, John. I got to ask you. I, I, Harper, I got to ask you. Because I, I, pardon me, gentlemen, because I am just, my blood pressure is going way up here. Because um, I, I don't, I, I don't get this. Have you seen, and I'm trying to go back to, you know, Norm Hecker, Lee, you know, Lehman Bennett, through all the coaches. I mean, of course, it was before Bobby Petrino was before social media. So, um, but just so if we just take kind of recent, there's no doubt that. By the way, I stood on the radio on the morning show and loudly, and I I like Dan Quinn personally very much. He is a really great guy, 
And I had to go on the radio and say I wanted him fired. That hurt because I really like him mm-hmm. a lot. He was a friend of mine. And, and Mike Smith, I said, Mike Smith, uh, you know, Mike Smith got to go. But the Quinn really hurt me. But I never got the sense, Harper, that even though Quinn, maybe it's because he did get us to a Super Bowl here, that the Quinn firing, which we had to have happen, and he, there was kind of a famous uh, bit between Hugh and I and Dan Quinn on the radio uh, where Hugh asked him about his job security, and Dan Quinn got really mad at us, wouldn't speak to us again, wouldn't speak to us again. But I have not seen vitriol aimed at a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons like this current, uh, you know, uh, what we're seeing on social media towards Arthur Smith. I don't think I've ever seen it. Well, you mentioned uh, Petrino. I, I think he wins the award for uh, worst worst <laughs> oh, coach yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> so how more yes. vitriol could be for a guy that's done everything he possibly can to try to, you know, turn the, the club around. Uh, I, I think Fairweather fans, you know. And, and in defense of you, John, um, and this is just because you're here, I feel the same way. How anyone could tell me I'm not a fan or you, I need to shut my pie hole because I say you can never root for those guys. That that's ridiculous. So how can you how can you do how can you call yourself a fan and root for the Houdets? It's just impossible for you to uh, cross that line with me. Um, and, and I defend myself as a Falcon fan. I <laughs> never. I, I said it last segment. And I'll say it until the day I die. Not with those guys. Those are the one. That's a. That's the only team that I could care less about. And honestly, John, like this, this mindset that you're kind of putting out there of this, this fan, this archetypal fan that you're, I guess, communicating with on Twitter, like, yep, that's where fairweather fan. That like that's where like the term comes from, or fickle fans, whatever kind of you know derogatory term you want to you'd like to place on a certain fan base. Like that's where these things come from. Is someone like. No one wants to – listen, like everybody, I think, ultimately wants the Falcons to be successful, but like there's just something different. Again, I don't want to I'm, – I'm kind of – I understand people who don't want to like be fansplained, <laughs> but, um, but I think it is crazy to root for a rival that you're playing against in, in any game. Yeah, like Joe, I want my team to win, period. That's what right, I want my team. Yeah. My two favorite teams are my team and then anyone who's playing our enemy, right? Yeah, that yeah. And, and today, if that's – if that statement is true, then it's us for both of them. My two favorite teams well, are the Falcons. And, and especially in Atlanta where I, I, I get that, that, you know, I grew up an Atlanta fan, all right, so I, I was an Atlanta Flames at the time, a Hawks fan, a Flames fan, a Braves fan, a Falcons fan, and an old Atlanta Chiefs fan. People kind of laugh at that. I've just been around a while. And now it seems like, okay, I'm a Braves fan, but I hate the Hawks and I hate the Falcons. Or I'm a Hawks fan and I hate the, the Braves. Or whatever. And it's like, okay, um, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm a United fan and I to hell with the rest of them. I, okay, uh, we have different fan bases, but fine. Okay, I, I have to kind of adjust to, to, to that concept here. I root for all Atlanta teams, always have. What I don't get, though, is you know the inability of some fans to understand that you, know, you can have both, okay? You can have you know a win against the Saints and still get rid of Arthur Smith here if that's the best thing for the team, and then I want to go beyond that. Which, by the way, I'm fine with if they get rid of Arthur Smith. I'm fine. I want everybody to know I'm fine with that. Sure. I'm, I'm not married to Arthur Smith here. But Joe, I got to ask a question here. Mm-hmm. I, I put it out there that if if tomorrow comes and they do decide to move on from Arthur Smith, well, win or lose, and they decide to move on from Arthur Smith here. Terry Fontenot was, you know, he was consulted in regards to Arthur Smith because it was a you know short group of, of of candidates at the time, but he didn't actually go out and do the research to hire the head coach because he was hired 
after Arthur Smith, so he hasn't really hired a head coach here. Right. He did hire Ryan Nielsen. Would it be possible that if he fired, because I put this out there, that if Arthur Smith is let go, that Ryan Nielsen is just elevated to head coach and they go out and get a new offensive coordinator? Would that be possible? Uh, I don't think there's any chance of that happening. I, I think the the Falcons' hopes in the situa- in the circumstance of a coaching change would be that Ryan Nielsen would just stay as the defensive coordinator. What, uh, if, he goes, I, what, if, he's, what if he's goes to New Orleans to replace Dennis Allen? Uh, Ryan Nielsen? Mm-hmm. Then that's that's what you get. Well, you could have you could have kept him if you kept the coaching staff. Most likely, like I first of all, I, I don't. It'll be interesting to see if he gets any interviews. I, I don't expect that he will. I mean, he's still very early on. Like he just kind of became a defensive coordinator, and honestly, all these teams are looking for offensive guys. It seems like everybody wants that 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 Sean McVay, you know, that 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 offensive genius who just comes in and transforms the entire franchise because he can draw plays and some are able to do that. I, I don't want to like knock any of these great coaches who are doing that right now. Um but I don't just I just personally don't see Ryan Nielsen in that situation yet. Um okay. maybe maybe one more year. But even on the defensive side, there are other defensive coordinators. Mike McDonald from the Ravens who's a young guy, local guy actually here from Atlanta. Um that that would probably be names over Ryan Nielsen, which is why I don't ultimately think that he would be at the top of anybody's list, even though he has done really well, good job here to the, this year. Because Harper, I sent you guys a note that it's out there that David Tepper, the you know, he's gone through Matt Rule, Frank Reich. I mean, you got Tabor. You got what three guys in in less than a year. He could be on four head coaches in barely a year. That he's willing to write a blank check for Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions. At least that was a story I sent to you guys. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I mean, the, if you want to go out and get it, my point is, if you want to go out and get a new head coach and replace Arthur Smith, that's fine. But I always ask you, all right, who are you going to get? Yeah. Yeah, who's available, right? Yeah. We, when when Joe mentioned Sean McVay, and think back for a couple of minutes, uh, what then happened? They traded everybody they had, mm-hmm. every draft pick, to Detroit. And how well has Detroit fared from all those number one picks to get rid of Matthew Stafford and give him to the Rams? And what have the Rams done? They won their Super Bowl, and they've kind of struggled they since. They got their quarterback. They've been in cap hell in some respects, and they've been in free agent hell because a lot of guys that they signed for one year have two-year deals, and they can't afford them, so they got to let Von Miller go. You know, they got to do some other things like that. John, you know as well as I do, and you call him anything but Marcus Mariota, but we've had Matt Ryan, Marcus, <laughs> we've had a guy named Desmond Ritter, and Taylor Hyde. We've had four quarterbacks in the last three years, and, and you can't build a franchise without a steady player at that position. So do you go trade up to get Caleb Williams? Do you settle for uh, Daniels or for Penix? Uh, I don't know. But well, you got to get somebody. Be, Penix is not making it past three at this point. How good did Penix he look may end last up, week? Oh, man. Oh, my God. Hey, Penix, Penix may end up number – if you're the Bears, you have to consider him at number one. Here's what I loved about watching him, and we'll see tomorrow whether or not this happens again. Set Hut, by the time you hit the T in Hut, he has the ball, but it's out of his hands. Those little bubble and jet screens that he did, those receivers had the ball so quickly that they had just – milliseconds of additional time to set up the block and to get around. I was so impressed with his ability to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as he did. Yes, he can throw a deep ball. He threw one about 65 yards in the air or something like that. 
Check. Done. I'm impressed with that. He was able to get out of the pocket and run and get a first down. Check. We need to have that. So many different things. But that was my one intangible that I go, man, this guy's really good. Honestly, if it weren't for his two ACL tears that he's had in his college career, he probably would be in that conversation. And especially what you just mentioned there, Harper, is what he's so good at. And that's why I think is going to be so enticing for NFL teams because that's what a lot of them need out of their quarterback. Like They don't need the guy who necessarily can just scramble around by time, by time, and throw it deep downfield. Now, that has worked for Patrick Mahomes, and some quarterbacks are able to make that work. But you look at a guy like Justin Fields who's able to do that, who's taken a long time to develop. Michael Penix definitely seems like a guy who will be able to step in day and one immediately ready? make you an impact. You think he's day one ready? I'm I, not sure, but I, I – Oh yeah, I think, I think he is. Right. I think he is. Yeah. He, he's. If you look at the stats, he works the ball over the middle in the intermediate zone more than any quarterback, uh, any of these top quarterbacks entering the draft right now. I mean, he does so many things that NFL teams want to see. You talk about the timing, getting the ball out on time. That's what the Falcons have been lacking most of the year. Yeah, I think quick decision making. Mm-hmm. He's proven that as well. So uh, very impressed with Michael Penix yeah. and everything he does. He is. Yeah, he's. A, yeah, I think a day one. Well, he's only one year. Man, he's so than accurate. Just a field. The ball placement's incredible. Mm-hmm. Jesterfield's 25, Michael Penix 24. Uh, this is the Wait For Tailgate Show. The Tailgate Show is sponsored by Fireshire from the makers of the W Sauce, the official sauce of our tailgate. Bigger, better, bolder, and now spicier. Visit the WSauce.com today and find a retailer near you. We're talking about the Falcons and the Swampers today, and I'm not trying to fight with any of you on Twitter right now. I'm just not. I, you know, I'm, you want, you want the Falcons to lose and that would be a good thing. I understand that. You want Arthur Smith to be fired? Great. I mean, I, I can kind of go with you here. I'm not, I am really disappointed by what I've seen this season. Uh, I think this team is grossly underachieved. And if that's the decision and we got a quarterback decision to make in the future, but a couple of things you got to keep in mind. There are two things you have to keep in mind and just keep them in mind. That's all I'm asking you to do. Well, three. One is never, ever, never root for the Houdats. Just don't do that, okay? <laughs> and if it happens that the Falcons do not win the division, because remember, the Bucks are playing the Panthers, and if the Bucks beat the Panthers, which they're heavily favored to do, it's going to take care of itself. That's fine. I mean, okay, I'm good with that. We're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, I'm just saying I'm not rooting for the Saints. But the two things to keep in mind, what, what we're going to get back to here about who are you going to replace Arthur Smith with, is that when you're talking about a new quarterback, and we talked uh, Justice, Justin Fields Harper to death, People keep saying, well, just trade up for, trade up for, I want everybody to be clear here. Let's say the Falcons have, what, Joe, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. You want to trade up to Michael Penix or Caleb William territory. We're talking this year's number one, next year's number one, the number one after that. You're going to... You're going to have to give three to four number one picks to move up because yeah. there are going to be other teams competing against you, and you want to hamstring a new head coach, that's how you do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. One yeah. of the things, real quick, John, is uh, one of the deals to move up that the Falcons, if they even get to third or whoever, two number ones, a number two for next year, a number three or five, depending on that, and A.J. Terrell. And right. That guy? Are you kidding me? For what? I don't like that deal. I just don't like it. No, no. There's no way. Especially if it's a new head coach, you're not going to do that. And again, who are you going to get? I mean, are you, would you? Does Bill Belichick fit here? I mean, I don't think so because Belichick's going to want total, uh, you know, autonomy and control over the over the roster. What, what would be the point of Terry Fontenot? Oh, he'll right? kick Arthur Blank out of the building. Right. He'll kick him out of the building. That's what I want. I'll get along with you in front of the cameras, but you don't make a decision. Everybody says, I want Harbaugh. As if you could just go out there and go, sure. Yeah. You know, Jim, come on down. I mean, some people do. I 
I don't know. This whole thing. I think it, it's this is a family feud that we got going on right now because <laughs> it is. It is just a lot of bickering going on. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Fontenot, and real quick, John. I know we got to go to a break, but you know some guys are really good at being a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, and they should stay in their lane because when they are given mm-hmm. the added responsibility of having multiple other uh, responsibilities in terms of being a head coach, they just don't succeed at that very well. So yeah. That's why special teams coaches, uh, special teams guys can be trying to be good head coaches because they're used to dealing with everybody on the entire roster. You know, They've got to plug and play as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. And John Harbaugh, how's exactly. that worked out yep. for Baltimore? Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, he's a Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't wear he family doesn't, could coach. He's he's not looking at a picture of Bo Schembechler in the nineteen seventies and dressing like that each and every day of his no, life. No, but his dad was a great coach did, too. I did mean, you see Jack did you see their dad, uh, John Jim's dad, after the Rose Bowl? He was interviewed by some local TV channel down there. He looked like he wanted to get back on the field and coach. He, I mean, <laughs> he was dressed for it for sure. He had the horn rim glasses going on. Oh yeah, he has a whistle underneath yeah. his yeah. shirt. He's ready to play. Yeah. yeah, what was that Christmas party like? Jack Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, and Tom Crean. I mean, all four of them. <laughs> oh, wow. okay. How would you like to be Mrs. Harbaugh? Oh boy, right. here they go again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, quick break. It's the Wait for Tailgate Show. It is brought to you in part by Ticketmaster. Uh, Ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the Falcons in the NFL. As we count down to kickoff today, down in the swamp between the Falcons and uh, the uh, Houdats on uh, Sports Radio 92 on the game. Wade Ford Tailgate Show brought to you by Atlanta Sport Dealer. Wade Ford, John Fricky, Harper LaBelle, Joe Patrick. This uh, look around the NFL brought to you by Orchard. Sell your home and get paid twice. Learn how at orchard.com. Well, Joe, uh, yesterday, uh, Indianapolis had a big, bad drop at about the 20-yard line, cost them a game in the final two minutes, and the Houston Texans, how about the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud make it into the postseason double-digit wins? The Houston Texans are the champions of the AFC South. C.J. Stroud, uh, odds-on rookie of the year, I would think, uh, for that performance. Uh, and you can see the difference that a the right quarterback can make, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I blame this game as uh, the the reason people get so mad about the Falcon situation and the expectations that they have because you go out there and you watch C.J. Stroud, and that's what everybody wants. Like that's what every NFL team wants with their first year quarterback is someone who can just make plays, make incredible throws. It was it was so fun to see. Um, some of the lasers he was able to throw, even when the pocket is collapsing and he kind of has to short arm it a bit and he's just able to be incredibly accurate working the middle parts of the field. He bought time for himself with his legs. I mean, he did everything really that you want to see. Um, not perfect football, but you know, you can just see the, I don't even want to say building blocks because they're more than that. Just the, the attributes and the things that he's able to pull off with his technique are going to have that franchise in great position for many, many years. Here's what I think, John, real quick. Tied game, third quarter, Minshew, they Mm -hmm. go for two, they get it, and then who took over? When you needed him to play his best, they end up scoring and scoring again, and they get a stop on defense, and they... They, they, it, it wasn't a blowout by any means, but it, they played so efficiently in, in, in the time in the second half where they had to. That's, again, well, why don't we have that here? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm with you. We, I, I wish we did. You know, We haven't had anything yep. like that since Matty Ice was, was young and uh, you know, leading the team with 
a very young Julio and Roddy White. So it's been a while. If I could just add something real quick, you know, he was notably the second quarterback drafted in last year's draft. Um, If you look statistically, it doesn't really there there isn't much of a difference between how the the first quarterback that's drafted ends up panning out versus maybe like the the fourth, uh, assuming that they're all kind of taken in that you know top ten top half of the first round. there, it's kind of a crapshoot with, with these quarterbacks, and so again, that's why I think you got to be just counting your lucky stars for your Houston Texans fans because you cut, you just kind of struck gold, even though you assumed you were getting a good quarterback because you were drafting them so highly. Still, doesn't always pan out. And just ask Carolina. You know, look at their situation; they've already been through coaches. So, um, yeah, it, it's just it, even though you expect them to be good, I don't know if you can ever fully expect a rookie quarterback to be just as good as C.J. Stroud has been. No, that, but that's true of all time, and you try and talk fans because, you know, fans live in recency bias, uh, and you say, look, you know, there was a big debate between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, huge debate as to who was going to be the better quarterback in the NFL. Huge, huge debate in Indianapolis, huge debate in San Diego, you know, big debate nationally as to who was going to be the better quarterback. You saw how that worked out. Yeah, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and Alex Smith. You yep. saw how that worked out when San Francisco was going, oh, which one do we take? And Alex Smith, God, God love his leg, was a really good quarterback, but he won Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers dropped all the way to 24. Why didn't you select that guy? Everybody passed to 24 on Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady went in the sixth round. Patrick Mahomes was the third quarterback taken at, at number 10, and when, when they traded up to get him, everybody went, you're, you're trading up to get who? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's What? <laughs> Well, two things there. You never know how hard a guy that's been shunned is going to react to that. And I think, uh, remember, Aaron Rodgers was embarrassed, like the only guy left in the green room uh, waiting to get picked. And then he had to sit for three years behind uh, some guy named Favre. So how big was the chip on his shoulder, right? And it worked out okay. You got a Super Bowl, but... If you're in Green Bay, were you expecting two or three? You know what I mean? He, 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 he was fantastic. He's, he's a great athlete, and don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes gets picked later, and he, he was on a team that, remember, the Chiefs prior to that were picking in the top five for three, four, five years in a row. Hmm. And they were kind of building that roster up, and they, just, they had a pretty good offensive line, and they had a couple of receivers, and their defense was okay. Imagine him going first to the weakest team in the league, and that's kind of the, the, the problem there is just some of these guys, like Brady went to a Patriots team that were, were playoff ready. Yeah, they were... Yeah. yeah, well, they had Drew Bledsoe. They were, they were on their way to a Super Bowl with, right, and, with Bledsoe. And Bledsoe had just signed a big deal. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, when he get gets hit, I think Mo Lewis is the one that hit him, and uh, uh, he goes down, Brady steps in, and I think he was one one win, one loss, and then something happened, and then they, he was like four and one for the remaining five games of the season because the team was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that has a lot to do with when you, especially at a quarterback position, you know, you draft one, two, three, it's, it's taken – Josh Allen, a little while to get yep, yep. To, to where they're ready. And, and Well, Joe, to that point here, I think you could look around. Let's just take this year, and, and we'll take some recency bias when it comes to that position. You began the year with Bryce Young in Carolina and the number one pick and Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, and people around here, when we were talking about it, scratching our heads as to why the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers wouldn't just go ahead and throw in the towel and, re- and reboot 
and uh, Baker Mayfield, really? And then Derek Carr went down to the swamp, and we all went, oh, my God, Derek Carr going to – well, how's that kind of all worked out? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it, it kind of go, points towards what Harper was just talking about, where, you know, the Bucks. the reason why they were drafting late is because they were – a Solid team, you know, not the best team, but they had solid veteran pieces in that offense. And, you know, you've got a you've got a great wide receiver. You've got a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Mike Evans. You've got a solid left tackle, a great left tackle in Tristan Wirfs. You know, you've got some decent backs there. So you had some things to work with and you plug in a, a veteran quarterback and you, you give him a coordinator that he can work with. And, you know, it's not like Baker Mayfield's doing anything crazy in, in terms of his arm, but they're there. It, it works for them. It's, when Jameis Winston was there. He had thrown 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, and they said, we can't do this anymore. We're too good. Yeah. for the, Our defense can play with anybody. Yeah. We can stop anybody. So they go sign this guy named Tom Brady. What was his name? Yeah, some guy. And they win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. That's how good they were. They just needed that one piece. And obviously it was an important piece, and they paid a lot for that. But guess what? They're hoisting a trophy that we still haven't earned. Yeah. And – that to me speaks volumes, and they're only two years removed from that. They've got some cap problems. Everybody seems to have a little bit of that. But Baker took a team that, if they win today, this will be their third division title in a row. So he's just the plug and play guy. We thought we could do that. We haven't been able to. Mm-hmm. I think the new coach said, "I really don't want to go with this old quarterback. Yeah, I want to go with my own guy." Well, who's that going to be, Marcus? And and you wonder where the Bucks would be if they had drafted, you know, because in the draft, a lot of people were pointing at Will Levis as the the player that they would take to replace Tom Brady with that kind of late round pick. Of course, Levis, I think, later goes in the second round to, to Tennessee. Um, but where would they be with with Levis, a guy who is much more turnover prone at this point in his career than Baker Mayfield? And Baker Mayfield certainly was that in the past, but he has gotten over that to a large extent. He's been fantastic in in that respect uh, in the second half of this season. So, um, what and how does this relate to the Falcons? Like, what do the Falcons need? It, it, I don't I'm not just kind of throwing it out there as an open question because to me it's just you you point to Jameis Winston's turnovers, the thirty turn the thirty interceptions. Um, What's the Falcons' problem? They, they just got to get a quarterback in or who can not, not turn the ball to, to, over. To, but that's it. You just you just nailed it again, Joe. What's the Falcons' problem? The Falcons' problem, Harper and Joe, and and this is where I can't argue with any of our fans here because I tend to agree here. The Falcons' problem is in the inability of Arthur Smith to identify a quarterback who can run his offense or whatever he wants to run here. Again, I still think there's some square peg round hole going on here. And do you trust Arthur Smith to make that next call here since his first calls were, you know, the noodle arm quitter and then Ritter and Heineke, none of whom have worked out. And you're going to trust this guy to make the next call, too. So one one quibble I'll give here is I, I do enjoy and I'm not saying you, John, but like I've just seen this with Falcons fans. It's like Arthur Smith chose all the bad players who haven't worked out and Terry Fontenot drafted and signed all the good players who are, you know, helping the defense and uh, all that stuff. So it, Oh, listen, they they both have a hand in this. And I do think that there is Oh, and but you know who else has a hand in this? Remember when uh the Arthur Blank reportedly went out for Deshaun Watson, kind of blew that whole thing up. Mm-hmm, uh, right. you know, Matt Ryan was not then able to go into his second year with the team. That may have been a better option over Marcus Mariota. Then they kind of have to go into the all these backup plans that they have. Uh so you wonder how that also kind of figured into where the Falcons actually see themselves today in that quarterback room. But uh, yeah, no, there's no doubt about it that 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 
plan has failed at this point. And that is the question. That's the debate, the debate that Falcons fans are having is um, I, I see the term being held accountable. Who will be held accountable for uh, for this? And I think the better kind of way to think about it is is what is the optimal way to move forward? Because it's not really about punishing for bad decisions in the past. It's more about what decisions do you make from here going forward? And that's where I'm I'm with fans in many respects, where if you do want to go in a different direction at quarterback, then I think it makes a lot of sense to also you know, move on from the current coaching staff, the current offensive coaching staff, which would include the head coach, because you don't want an under-fire head coach to be leading a rookie quarterback who you have to be open to, you know, making some mistakes. And I think you have to understand that there's going to be some sort of, you know, runway that 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 player takes into his career that's going to include, you know, some up and down performances. So I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, I understand why the Falcons may want to move on from Arthur Smith for sure. But, the, but the blame should be kind of doled out appropriately. It's, it was not just Arthur Smith's uh, idea to draft Desmond Ritter and, you know, ultimately, ultimately, I mean, Arthur Smith does is responsible for the way that is the performances uh, manifested this year, but there's a lot of hands that go into these things. So Harper, you, you brought up the case of the Bucks. This is why I bought into, I, I, I actually had to turn my, I, I just closed my iPad. I just, I couldn't look at Twitter anymore. Oh yeah, you can't. Um, it's too distracting. But, uh, my own fans driving me off Twitter. Um, and my own compatriots here. Um, I bought into the 10 wins, and I'll bet the over, is that I think that the Falcons, and I still believe this, have the best roster in the NFC South. They have the best team in the NFC South. And, you know, poor coaching decisions or trying to do too much with somebody that doesn't understand it. I have no idea exactly, you know, what went wrong here from an offensive standpoint. But I do understand that they made a big mistake at quarterback, and I don't have much trust here that this current, you know, I think that they're tied together. If you're going to have a new starting quarterback, I think a new head coach, I don't see Arthur Smith with a new quarterback. Are, are you telling me that if they go out and get a Kirk Cousins, and it may be the case that if they just go get a Kirk Cousins, that this roster pretty much 95% or 90% is assembled, can take off and win 12 games next year? I mean, is that, is that, could that happen? Well, I was going to answer your question with the question how close or how far away are the Falcons from where we need to be? To where all the fans that are yelling at you right now are going, oh, I backed off. I'm a John, I love John again. I can't, I'm never going to tell him to shut his pie hole. Is it one player? Is it one quarterback? If we had Mason Rudolph or Geno Smith on our roster throwing for 203 yards, two touchdowns, maybe one interception, um, is that all it's going to take? Because I still think we're an edge rusher away. I still think we need some other pieces to the pie that need to be uh, we need a fast receiver in my opinion a guy that can really break it over the top there aren't many of those they don't grow on trees there's still a few guys away but I do like the roster like you said um so I'm going to ask you John how many is it is it just the quarterback position no it's not just the quarterback position but I have faith that they're going to be able to go out and get you know, some other pieces here and, you know, in terms of, you know, look, I think that the Terry Fontenot showed me a lot over the last three years in his ability to manage the cap and get players in. And I think some of the additions that he's brought in have panned out. I mean, they've done a really good job. Drafting has been a little bit kind of sketchier, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I think that in free agency, they've done an extremely good job in, you know, identifying the Calais Campbell's good Lord, Jesse Bates and, and on and on, you know, from, from that standpoint, um, 
So Cordero Patterson, I mean, a lot, a lot of really good things, but they've just so botched the, the quarterback position thing that, you know, my trust in their ability to get that right is pretty low. Yep, I would agree. Quarterback position has to be a re- resolution. I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. If there's any one position more important in all of professional athletics, show me what it is. You know, but uh, that that's our our glaring need right now. I hope they play well today. At one point, we're going to talk about today's game, aren't we, John? I think yeah, well, we, we are right after the top of the hour. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> now there's know, more I had this pertinent <laughs> questions. Man. Well, you still said that we, our skin is going to crawl. I, I'm still wondering what what it is. You know, I thought no, that's not all. The, the Falcons fans that that the committed long term, not 50 minute, but long term Falcons fans are openly advocating, saying that they're going to walk around wearing black and gold today and and screaming who that because they so despise the coach. They want this. They want they want the Falcons to get. They're rooting for the Saints to beat the Falcons 56 to three. May it never be. Oh my goodness. And there's a lot of them. That's how much they hate FedEx Boy, as they call him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, quick break. When we get back, we will talk about the game today. I know. <laughs> we'll talk about it as we continue next on the Wait for Tailgate Show, brought to you by Wait for Atlanta's Ford dealer, Falcons and Swappers today. Uh, down to Stinky Town, 1 o'clock kick on Sports Radio 90 China Game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.